changing your lifestyle, especially what you eat, what you go for, what you crave, what you gravitate to, is a huge change. It's a big undertaking. If you've ever thought about changing your diet, you know it's a big commitment. Perhaps a spiritual approach to nutrition is what you need. There may be a moment where messages are coming through, so that's up for the person to receive that message. Bracken Goglin is a registered holistic nutritionist who brings mindfulness and meditation into her practice. There's been times where it's just, you know, we're sitting or laying down and it's a guided meditation. First we'll sit and chat a little bit. We spoke about the relationship between meditation and healthy eating habits. I support that in new ways that are going to feel good whether there can ever be too much of a good thing. So I think, yeah, like freaking dive into pleasure and enjoy it and be present. And then she gave us her top five favorite nutritious foods. It's so important. And as a nutritionist, I see it as like a number one issue for most people. So hit that subscribe button and make sure you stick around till the end where we test Bracken's psychic abilities. And now here's my conversation with Bracken Goglin. We are here with Bracken, who is a nutritionist. Tell us a bit about uh, about yourself and what you do. Yeah, so my name is Bracken. I'm a holistic nutritionist. So um, I'm a holistic practitioner in addition to being a, a nutritionist. So I tie a lot of natural um, lifestyle suggestions into my nutrition practice. And I also teach meditation and help guide people through, um, I, I guess, particular specific journeys um, to help them create shifts that they're seeking in their life. Can you give a specific example of like what one of these personal journeys might be? I guess you can't talk about a client in particular, but like, are there any kind of general themes that come up with people? I mean, everybody has their different struggles and stresses and issues that come up in life, right? So it's more so like what's stopping you from moving forward if people are experiencing anxiety or extreme stress and it's um, kind of keeping them at a standstill in their life. Um, we can kind of sit down and discuss that and in terms of like what feels right for them, tuning into their heart and listening to their heart rather than just thinking with their mind and um, and just kind of looking at things from different angles and new perspectives. And then I would guide them through uh, a meditation to kind of um, nourish them spiritually in a way that's going to allow a shift to occur that will bring them more peace with what they're going through. And when you're when you're doing this process, is it like, a sitting down meditation? Is there, is it eyes closed, eyes open? Is there music? Does it change? Yeah, well, it's different for every person in every situation. And there's been times where it's just, you know, we're sitting or laying down and it's a guided meditation. First, we'll sit and chat a little bit and then get into the meditation. Um, but uh, there, there's times where I can tell that someone is holding on to something physically and is needing some assistance with moving that energy. So I may uh, get closer to them within their comfort and, and help assist that 
energy moving outwards or flowing more with ease in your body by doing Reiki using energy, which depending on the person in the situation, touch may be uh, more beneficial than just um, being close. But um, yeah, it, it really varies depending on the situation. And, and sometimes that physical touch can be uh, really, really impactful. Um, and then, you know, sometimes the meditation can be eyes open. I mean, I had a client a few weeks ago where we were, we had our session outside in nature and we had done different parts of our session together with, with chatting, with energy healing and meditation during the energy healing. And then, you know, and then we continued a different type of meditation after to just kind of anchor in all the work that we had done and and the view was just so beautiful as we were laying on the earth and it was sunny and there were clouds big fluffy clouds in the sky and you could see the leaves of the trees like a canopy over top of us and it was just gorgeous so you know to have something so peaceful and um, being in nature can really be um, just as nice as having your eyes closed so yeah, it can, it, it changes, it changes all the time. Cool. So, I mean, from a nutritionist perspective, how do you uh, incorporate nutrition into this practice? Is it like after a session you would speak about diet? Is it all just kind of wrapped into the same process? Like, is it separate? Do you have clients that just go for the nutrition aspect or how, how does that tie in? Um, well, most people that are seeking a nutritionist will come to me with that being like their main focus and what they're geared up, ready to put their energy into is making some changes with nutrition. Um, so after working together and they, they realize what it's like working with me and what we can do together is most people are open to at least starting a new meditation practice and, um, bringing mindfulness into their lifestyle while also changing their diet, because there's a lot to do when it comes to changing your diet. There's a lot um, that's ingrained in us. Right. Um, and, and a lot of areas that um, need a lot of support while going through these big changes, because changing your lifestyle, especially what you eat, what you go for, what you crave, what you gravitate to is it's, it's a huge change. It's a big undertaking. And to have that be um, sustainable long-term, you kind of have to learn about yourself and your habits and how to support that in new ways that are going to feel good and keep you on track. So the mindfulness and meditation really helps. Um, and as I work with clients, um, we do deep dive into their traumas and different things that are affecting them in their daily life that I try to help support. So sometimes we will end up doing more energy work if they're open to that. I don't ever push it on anybody because um, I think I think people are drawn to that and, and will come to you for that when they're ready. Same with the nutrition, right? Like they're, they're um, really special areas to get into in your life and you kind of have to be in the right place or have have some motivation for change to 
to do that. It's not something that would ever feel good to be forced to change your diet or, or feel pressured to be spiritual or dive into meditation and raise your consciousness. Like it's not something that would ever feel good or be sustainable if there was pressure or force. Right. Um, interesting. Yeah. So in terms of the, the meditations, I'm wondering like, um, is there any kind of participation on the part of the the client is it like uh, I know that a lot of people these days are into like affirmations and things like that um, it, or is it more of a guided process where you're um, using visualization and asking the person to visualize certain things like how does it uh, how does that part work yeah um, I do uh, guide people with a lot of visualization meditations um, and sometimes we'll tap into other senses as well while we're visualizing so you might be in a space where you're picking up on the smells the feeling the temperature I've had clients where we've gone through a, a cave in a meditation okay. and they really felt like the damp coolness of the cave and they were really hot at the time so it actually cooled them down quite a bit and and um allowed them to relax deeper in the meditation because they were physically more comfortable in that moment as well. Um, and yeah, aside from the visualization, sometimes uh, there may be a moment where messages are coming through. So that's up for the person to receive that message. Um, whether that's from like a spiritual guide that is sending a message or if it's like perhaps like a note that a little mouse brought you in the meditation and it's up to you to kind of allow the words or feelings or or something to come through with that because the way people receive visualizations in their own spirituality in their own journey is going to be a little different right and how how we pick up subtle energies and information it's not always very clear in the same way as other people hmm. um yeah and uh and then absolutely affirmations i do affirmations with people sometimes as well it's more more best in the morning i find or if they are really trying hard to move through something right. um where, where they're feeling tested or something like that where you need to stay strong you need to keep like your your mentality strong and, and feeling um I guess perhaps courageous or um, confident, you know, affirmations really help with that. So, Cool. So I, I really liked uh, that part where you were talking about with um, paying attention to the sensations in the body while doing meditations uh, as well. I think that's really important for people to, um, you know, to help them get out of the, the chatter of their mind to bring them back to the, the presence of, you know, the dampness of the cave or, or, you know, just the feeling of the air when they're outside or whatever, whatever the actual reality of the sensations happens to be. I think that's really helpful practice. Now let's switch and talk about extraterrestrial intelligence. How do you feel about aliens? Okay. Bracken, do you think that they're real? Do you think that they're How do here? I feel about aliens? Have you ever seen a UFO? I've definitely seen a UFO before. Um, it was quite some time ago. Um, 
there were there was one red light and one green light high in the sky and it was flying in a circle going around and around and around for for a while it stayed there i remember my partner and at the time got a video of it was able to like run back in the house and get the video camera and, and everything and yeah i mean um to me it only makes sense that there would be aliens and other life forms and when you look into the biology of humans even there's 90 percent of our cells that are like unidentifiable it's like they don't they don't know what it is like we're only like 10 percent human essentially is the way that our dna is made up and then they just consider the rest junk like i don't i don't think that uh, right the junk dna i've heard of this before <laughs> So, uh, so I know that there's some theories out there about um, some humans having some DNA of aliens and different things like that as well. Oh, yeah. But um, why would they be I here? Mean, I don't. Why would they be here if they don't? If they're just going to show up and fly around, but like not come down and like say hi and like help us? You know, it's like if I saw somebody that was like struggling to get their shit together like humans are kind of struggling for getting our shit together in a lot of ways like why wouldn't they just come down and be like yo here's we're gonna help you out we're gonna like help you restructure your government and your you know whatever technology why wouldn't they just come down and help us out well you know for one thing i think most people are terrified of what they're unfamiliar with um and wouldn't react well and the other issue is that even humans don't help each other half the time. So to, to be willingly open to accept help uh, from something that's so unfamiliar and, uh, and different from us um, is, is definitely something that would be stopping people from accepting that. And I'm sure that if they're very conscious beings, they would be aware of how we're not ready as a collective to fully integrate their ways of living into our lifestyle, not to mention the issues of the ego that humans have, because um, I, I think most leaders in uh on our planet <laughs> would not like to hear that someone else has a better way and can do it better than they can. You know, <laughs> I think that that's also an issue. Um, and I'm not entirely sure, you know, what extraterrestrials are up to. I know that they find humans quite interesting too. So to watch us move through a process of, of difficulty while experiencing emotions and all this stuff as a human, you know, it's uh, quite interesting. And even humans like to just watch other people and their struggles and, and <laughs> as well with like reality shows. Right. And, That's totally you know? <laughs> true. Big reality show. Uh, it's all quite interesting for everyone, I think. That's it. That, those are some really great answers. I have a similar perspective, actually. I think that, uh, you know, we do, we have so much fear about that which is different, even just in terms of other human beings. So, you know, another species that was more intelligent than us, that probably looked different than us, like it would be very challenging, uh, terrifying probably for most people, myself included. Um, mm-hmm. 
Cool. So maybe let's, I want to get back to the nutrition thing. Like, um, maybe I'll ask you, what are your top nutritious foods? If you can make a top five, um, top five, like what are five really excellent foods that people should be trying to incorporate into their diets? So obviously like there's still that bio-individuality where every person is different. So what's really good for one person may not be great for someone else. So it's not necessarily like one size fits all recommendation, but I'd say my top five favorite, like nutrient dense foods would probably be, um, I'm going to lump them all under one and say medicinal mushrooms. Okay. So whether that's like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, lion mane, turkey tail, you know, like all, there's so many, um, but they're so potent and have like antiviral, anti-cancerous properties, you know, and they, um, they're good for the brain, they're good for energy, they're good for stress. So, um, so that's one. Another favorite food would be seaweeds particularly like chlorella, spirulina, blue-green algae. Um, And then I would say, oh, I have to throw water in there. I know it's not a food, but it's so important. And as a nutritionist, I see it as like a number one issue for most people is that they're not getting enough water, that they're not being hydrated by the water that they are drinking. Quality matters. Mm. Um, yeah. And then I would say ginger and turmeric are, are two other really medicinal, powerful foods. So yeah, those, those would be my, my top five. But like I said, it's not always ideal for everybody. Some people may have issues with the mushrooms if, um, if they have autoimmune disorders and overactive immune systems already, boosting it is not necessarily a great idea. Um, and uh, same, some people have issues digesting ginger and um, certain medications may interact with different foods and things as well. So it's always important to, to know your body and, and, uh, and work with it when using foods and supplements and things like that. Right. Cool. That's a super, uh, super wonderful list. Um, because this is a show about meditation um, and meditation is about getting back to the present moment um, through concentrating the mind in some way, getting back to the present moment, calming the mind, uh, calming the emotions. Um, do you have a way of practicing meditation on a daily basis? Do you have any practices that um, that bring you back to, to your center? Yeah, I mean, I would say after doing meditation for a few years regularly, just sitting down with the intention to meditate and clearing my mind, uh, it's it's been able to raise my consciousness enough that I can bring little moments of meditation in my day without always having to sit down and and with structure to meditate. But for me, dancing and listening to music is very meditative and allows me to uh, let go of stress and tap into 
my body, my physical body and what, what feels good and, and kind of letting my energy out and releasing and getting new energy in and being very present. Um, and I think another thing too is even stress. Um, in a moment that's stressful, when you're really not present, because that's usually what makes us get stressed out, is that we're thinking of different scenarios or outcomes and things that are going or may happen um, in the future, right, or in the near future, but it's taking us away from the present moment. So I notice when I start to get stressed now, um, I can kind of take a step back if things don't seem so urgent and kind of reevaluate things in my head. And to me, that's very meditative as well. And then it brings me back to the, the present moment and calming down um, and, and finding my center, tuning into my spirit and my heart again and calming the mind, right? Because the mind really loves to try and take over. <laughs> how do you how do you step back is it is there anything like is it again because you've been practicing so regularly that you just have um uh, i guess a spontaneous understanding that you need to take a step back or how does that are there triggers that happen like uh things that remind you of this or yeah well i would say you know it's obviously been the the years of practice leading up to it and, and doing meditation regularly but i think that i'm just so in tune with my own body and my own energy that when i can feel an energetic shift or even emotional shift take place and i'm feeling discomfort then i know i need to check in so um yeah, like there's certain moments um, where if you're feeling really good, in a, you can almost, it's easier to be present when you're enjoying yourself, right? If a moment is very pleasurable, right. um, you, can, you can be very present. You want to be there. You're not worrying about other things. You're not focusing on other things. So it's natural to be present when you're in a good state and when you start to get overwhelmed or stressed or something upset you, something hurt your feelings, there's an internal shift that takes place. And to me, that's when I know I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling grounded or I'm not feeling centered or maybe I'm feeling insecure or anxious or something. I notice that when it happens and that's when I, I start to kick in to be conscious and mindful to navigate that situation and kind of sort it out and, um, and come back to center. Right. I want to push back on that a bit because I think that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. I'm, I'm wondering about like the idea of being more present when you're like happy or when you're, when things are pleasant, because I feel like, at least for my my background and my um, my way of doing meditation, it seems that like craving is also a danger, and we can lose our grasp on the present moment through um, trying to hang on to things that feel good. You know, um, I know that you know there might be uh, I don't I don't know what kind of example I can give here, but maybe the, the fire alarm's going off in your building, but you're like addicted to your video game and you don't want to leave, you know, like that's an extreme example. But I think that like sometimes people also 
lose touch of their surroundings through too much kind of like micro focus on what feels good at, at the time. Um, do you see that as a danger? As a danger? Um, I think it would depend on the person. I don't think for myself I have any concerns (laughs) in that way. Um, Like it almost makes me think of the idea of like having too much of a good thing. Um, And I think a lot of people use meditation as a practice to go with very little um, and to, I guess, like almost finding that sweet spot, that peace in between um, desire and pleasure and having nothing. And um, I don't think there's anything wrong with having pleasure. And I think that that's a very, primal thing and it's something that we are blessed to experience as humans and we can live a life of pleasure and it can be part of meditation as well and being tuned in to pleasure being turned on by life you know um, making love to the universe kind of thing right like you you but you can always go too far with anything um but i don't think life really allows for that either and I think that's the challenge about being human and, and why meditation practice is never, it's not, it's not an ending thing, you know, <laughs> life is always changing. There's all these different circumstances that are going to trigger different emotions in your body, no matter how grounded and stable you are. So I think, yeah, like freaking dive into pleasure and enjoy it and be present. And, you know, I, I don't think that, um, I know your example is a bit extreme, but I, I, I believe that people have their own situations that come up that they get to learn from. So if someone's that into video games and that present that they can't be aware of what's happening around them when they're in danger, then that's something that's going to bring them on another journey in their life. Right. Right. Um, right. Yeah. This, uh, it, kind of reminds me of uh, the Buddha went on this journey of um, like self-destruction basically like uh, you know the uh, the monks who were walking on on nails and uh, doing all kinds of extreme acts trying to um, remove their desires from the world and uh, after he'd done all of this kind of torturous exercise for many years um, he was sitting under a tree and somebody came and offered him this like delicious, um, pudding, I guess, like some wonderful, delicious food. And, um, he ate it. And then it was after having that meal that he gained, uh, his enlightenment. So the story goes, so it was like, that's his middle path. Um, maybe right now we can do a little, uh, psychic test which uh, I've decided I want to start doing with guests just for fun. Um, There may be prizes down the line. I haven't sorted that out right now, but uh, let's just try a little psychic test with Bracken and see how that goes. So I have a deck of cards right here. 
It's like at one one chance out of like fifty two. Yeah, no, I have to make it really hard for, <laughs> I have to make it really hard for people to win because if there actually is a prize, I don't actually want to have to give away any prizes. So like this this makes it way, <laughs> this makes it way easier for me. Um, you know, but I mean, <laughs> right. if, there's, if there's any Thanks. like real powerful psychics on this on this channel, then you know they're gonna have no problem with fifty two cards. I have one card that is selected, Bracken. What is on this card? And I'm going to look at it and then I'm going to visualize what it is. So I'm going to try to help you with this, with this psychic test. Okay. Okay. I think it's a three of clubs. Very, very close. That's actually super impressive. It's a two of spades. So I don't know, okay. like, you know, I think that's if there was like a runner up prize or something like that, you'd probably get that because that is <laughs> that is a very close guess. So thank you so much, Bracken. If people want to get a hold of you and find out more about what you do, what's the best way to reach you? Um, well, you can check out my website, which is just www nutritionwithbracken.com or you can uh, check out my Instagram as well which is nutritionwithbracken wonderful and I'll attach those links 